Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself. And if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today I have Miss Jess Lawson with me, who is a longtime friend Instagram buddy we met online just as all the good friendships do these days uh, she also runs an awesome awesome what would you even call it collectively a movement yeah well I now call it a creative marketing agency but over yeah. time it's kind of just been ultimately a passion project yeah right passion the project, yeah uh, which I'll get her to explain a little bit about soon collectively aligns and has aligned with the one up project in so many ways and now she's kind of transitioning that into a bit of a busyness um the reason I wanted her on today was because we have quite aligned ways of thinking and often when we have conversations I know we both leave feeling really motivated really keen to just fucking get into it and I don't know go make shit happen yeah go make shit happen and I think that sharing what you're trying to do um your journey how you got here will be great because there's some things that you do and are a part of your mindset that I have too, but not as strongly as you. And so I want you to teach us, teach me, <laughs> oh boy, um, how we can how we can get through that. But anyway, I'll stop talking now. Jess, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hello, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Good. No, so excited for you to be here. Um, Jess and I chat a lot, so it's quite funny that we're now recording it, and it suddenly becomes a different dynamic, doesn't it? But we now have a time pressure. Too. We have a time pressure. <laughs> we're both nervous. My first interview back in so long, guys. Wish me luck, um, and we are recording this today, so I don't know if you'll be watching this part of it or not on Instagram or otherwise, but if you are, you know, just know that it's quite nerve-wracking to be on camera. Anyway. We forget it's there. <laughs> yeah, we forget it's there. So, recently, you finished reading Start With Why by, oh. my God, Simon Sinek, <laughs> who I just love Simon Sinek, and I love Start With Why. It's my favourite book, and I know I told Jess you have to read this. I don't know if other people also told you that you had to read that. No, purely you. Purely just And me. I picked it up. I saw it. I was like, Sarah has been raving about this for a long time. Yeah, it must be good. And I feel like so many people have said that to me now. They're like, oh, I have to read Start With Why because you go on and on about it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to actually resonate with people because it's it's a business book, but you can apply it to your life. Yeah, I would say like no matter what you're doing, like if you're in a job, why are you in that job? Why are you in that career path in the first place? Yeah. Like why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So what did you think of the book? Tell me, give me your thoughts well, live on the air. <laughs> it was really interesting because I started reading it, like I'm, an, I'm not a quick reader, and mm. I started reading it when I was in Bali with you, mm-hmm. and which ironic. Um, and at the start... I was kind of really doubting what I was doing work-wise and I got to a point where I was purely doing everything for the financial side of things because, you know, I was stressed financially. So I was like, right, I'm where am I going to make the money? Mm. And then starting to read the book, I was like, okay, I need to go right back to the start. Why did I start at the t- collectively at in the first place? And so I went back to the why and how it all began, which... 
I then have not felt so inspired and motivated in such a long time since starting out, really, since that. Mm. So, yeah, it really, it was a very pivotal moment. Wow. Tell us the why of collectively that you came to understand through reading Start With Why. Um, Well, so it all started because I wanted to create a platform or a hub or whatever that looked like, still to this day figuring out what that ultimately will be, and I probably will forever be changing what that looks like. But I wanted to create a place where I could showcase people that were pursuing their passions and creating the life for themselves that they wanted and to put that all these showcase all these people in one place to inspire others to go in and do exactly that. Because I was getting to a point where I was so sick of seeing people, even you know, my parents' generation where they were going to jobs and just dreaded Monday every single week. And I was like, mm. I just couldn't understand why, yes, there's responsibility and you need to, you know, people have mortgages, etc. But I couldn't understand why people kept doing things that they didn't like doing when you've only got one life like you've only got one shot at this so why are you living it in a way that you just hate Mm. so that was kind of that's what all started it from the beginning Mm. I love that when I saw collectively it was very much about passion and gaining kind of the the freedom to do what you want to do and to feel like you could do that because that's now how I articulate the why of the one-up project which is to give people the freedom to make choices that align with the life they want to live and the person mm. they want to be. And it's very much collectively, it's, it's like to empower people and give that, give them that aspiration that the things that you want you can do and you don't have to settle, which is a cliche conversation in many ways that people have had, but it's, it's one that people don't think deeper than the cliche. Like mm. if you do think about it, why do we continue to go back week after week to do the same thing that we're unhappy in? It's like you can change it. Yeah, you can change it if but you want like to. But it's like finding that inner belief and reali- coming to the point where you realise you actually can. Yes. Because so many people will say, oh, but I can't, I X, Y, Z. It's like, well, think about a way around that because that you, if you really are determined to change it and create a life that you want, you can. It might be bloody hard sometimes, but there is a way. Yeah, I've thought about this a lot, especially after I had a, another lovely woman on the podcast, Latavia, and she spoke about this concept of poverty of aspiration, where that was something she never experienced growing up, and how she described what poverty of aspiration was, was that she always had family around her telling her she could do things, like never put a seed of doubt in her mind, and she said that was probably one of her biggest privileges, was like growing up in a family in an environment that fostered and and encouraged that confidence and that belief in yourself and I think I would have had the same thing growing Mm. up that privilege of aspiration and I think it really really changes things for people because when you talk about this concept of like you can you can do these things and trying to empower people to do do that if you don't have that initial belief that something is possible then it's so much harder to get past the barrier to actually do it yeah and I think that's something that I've definitely come from a very privileged background where my mum would always say if you want it you go create it like go Mm. make it happen and installing that belief so if you have that from an exterior point of view you that gives that initial initial self-belief as well Mm. and so how through collectively have you tried to provide that like ability to be inspired and, and to make a change? How have you tried to do that through collectively? For myself or for others? Both. 
I would say the main thing is by showcasing the people that were doing exactly that. Like, mm. showcase, for example, yourself. You wanted to do a podcast, mm. so you did it. So showing you to anyone else. So at first it was a magazine that I did. So I did all these interviews with people in business who had gone out and created the life that they wanted and showing that they can do it from this background. And I love showing their story and their journey of where they've come from because they often will resonate to someone else who is, you know, currently in a corporate job, you know, not doing anything that's aligned to what they actually want to be doing. So showcasing others that have gone out and done exactly where they are at the moment. Being like, it is, look, this person's done it, it's possible. Did you see any consistencies in people's journeys like over that time or their learnings? Often not, like I don't, I don't think I would have noticed consistencies from the people that I've interviewed purely because I don't think I've had enough to actually reflect on. But I love, I listened to a lot of episodes of how I built this podcast mm. back in like, you know, 2017, 2018, where he did like pre-COVID times where he interviewed a lot of business owners. And I always noticed consistencies through these people where whatever they were doing, what they wanted and they wanted to do and their desires came from childhood. Mm. So it was like, go back to your childhood, your inner child. What they all talk about is what do you do for fun? What is that? What does that look like? And how could you turn that into cr- turn that into a career Mm. so finding what like I guess it's like people always talk about how do you find your purpose or your passion or whatever those things or even just finding something you even care about and Mm. do you feel like through people's I guess through reflecting on people's childhoods they were able to do that I think so but also just kind of reflecting on yourself in general and be like well what do you do for fun what do you enjoy Mm. and for some people that might be just going out and organising a catch-up with a bunch of friends. It's like, okay, well, that could, could, could that be something? Mm. Or if you love going out rafting in the weekend, well, you could do that as your job. Like, it's just figuring out ways around that. And then also looking at what lifestyle do you want? Mm. That's something that my mum's taught me a lot of. We're thinking about, okay, well, what life do you want? And then kind of, okay, how much money are you going to need to create this lifestyle? So going to that as well. Yeah, and you spoke about how do you get around that? Like if someone is going through something and they there's some kind of barrier to whatever life they want to live, you, you're saying how do you overcome that or move through that or whatever? And that seems like it's been a consistency in your journey where there's been some kind of barrier and mm-hmm. then you've had to find a way through that. And so you've almost proven to yourself that things are possible as a result of the different experiences you've had. Well, I'd say like the most obvious example for me is I travelled to the States for um, my scoliosis that in New Zealand the only option is surgery and long story short, my surgeon told me I was making up the pain and my mum was like, okay, well surely there's another option out there that is not, like there's surely there's another option out in the world. So she jumped online and found this clinic in the States in California, um, happened to be Silicon Valley and we were not in a financial position where we could even travel to the States, let alone afford American medical care. Insurance does not cover it at all, and this was a whopping (laughs) big bill. Mm. And coming from a place where we did not have the finances for any of this to ending up doing 14 trips in total and doing this treatment – coming like seeing my parents find a way around that Mm. and 
it's like true what they say like how it takes a village to raise a child where that was a prime example of everyone kind of came together we found about found out about different funding through putting out the word through a give a little page and a Facebook page that we set up and ending up granted this money from a trust fund that was set up years ago for this child who could not end up to use the money yeah so it was kind of going from a point where needed to do this thing didn't know how we were going to do it could not do it but we found a way around it and now I use that those lessons to this day and whatever I do for example collectively it's been running for five years now it started as a passion project and it's only become a financial thing in the last year so within the fourth year was at a point where I could actually start seeing how I could make some money from it and live off it which was my ultimate dream and there's been so many times where it's tested me and I've wanted to give up god knows how many times Mm. but it's the lessons of resilience and determination and just grit and just not giving up from traveling to the states and going through all that treatment that I've implemented into this now it seems like a going through that journey I suppose you could call it of having to travel back and forth from the states for medical reasons would have been an extremely mentally draining experience hugely yeah in which way has that changed your mindset towards like life in general I would say that if there's a will there's a way Like if you've got your eyes on something, you want to go do something, it might be, I don't know, for example, you want to move to the other side of the world, everyone's telling you you can't do it. It's like, you know what, no, I am going to go do it, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do it, create the steps that's going to get you to that point and just go out and do it. Mm. So it's showing that if you set your mind onto something, you can do that. Yeah. And there's no one that can stop you if you've got your mind set on that and that would be the biggest thing I've learned because we had so many people telling us this is not going to work we proved them wrong (laughs) yeah and and almost having a bit of courageous belief in something I guess you have to have hope in that instance Mm. too that you it will work yeah you do have to go in with just I hope this works yeah like you've got to put a lot of faith a lot of faith into it and belief like you're really just praying to God that it works because there are chances that it won't and you've got to be okay that if like it's not going to work out sometimes but at least you know you tried Mm. and it's like a quote that I live by for a long time it's better an oops than a what if Mm. like I would rather go give it my best shot find out if like give it your best shot so you know you've done your absolute best to get to that point and if it doesn't work oh well at least you know you tried yeah move on next thing Something I've always admired about you is your ability to um, take risks, I suppose, but just do things fearlessly. And I think, you know, going to, we both kind of had similar circumstances last year when we decided to travel. It was very last minute. It was one-way flight. It was a we don't know what we're doing kind of thing. And you've continued to have that theme in many areas of your life. But the way that we differ is that I've always felt what it has always seemed like to me that you don't have that same fear of what other people might think of that decision, whereas I do. Interesting. How do you separate your fear of what people think with like just going and doing something and doing it for you, not because someone else thinks you should do it? Well, it's interesting because it's something that I've definitely battled with in the past. Like, I think it's natural for anyone to care what others think of you. Mm. 
for example, before I went away, financially, I needed to get a job. But I let my pride and ego get in the way of caring what other people thought. So I didn't, which I find really interesting to look back now because then I went away to Southeast Asia for four months, learned a lot through that. And then coming back, I fully just let go of the ego and did not give shit. Right. And I got a hospital job over the summer mm. and I actually ended up loving it. And it's like, who actually cares? And if people are looking at you and judging you, it's more of a reflection of themselves and having insecurities in that. And that's where I'm like, I don't actually care if people talk to me, talk about me behind my back. I'm actually more like, are you like, is everything okay? Like, I want to help, you know, mm. talk it through with them. Like, why are you feeling this way? Mm. So you felt before you travelled that that was a time financially where you probably needed to get some kind of secure income but because of your fear of what people might have thought you were like I'm just still going to go on this trip anyway yep but I think it was a mixture of that pride and ego of caring what people thought but also that resilience and determination to myself I was like no this is going to work this is like collectively was my full-time job at this point I was like, no, this is your full-time job. This is what you want. If you mm. go and get a job, you're taking away the energy that you'd be able to put into this, into something else. So just keep going. Do not give up. And that was one of those tests where I just did not want to give up and just keep going. Yeah. And you do make it work, which which I love. Somehow. I think <laughs> there's been so many times where it's like, that just should not have worked out, but somehow it did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, I find it interesting to look back. When I think about, my fear of what other people think and you kind of reminded me of this when um, you were talking before. I like to think of it in the way that every person's current perspective is based off their own experience and the context of how they were raised, who they spend time with now and who continues to be around them into the future. And so everything that a person thinks is based off an experience that isn't relevant to you. And so you could in essence say that their opinion also is not relevant to you. No. The main opinion that is important when making a decision about your own life is yours, which is an obvious statement, but people still don't believe it, right? Because we still trust the opinions of other people. And so how I would go about thinking about that rationally to try and almost convince myself that someone else's opinion doesn't matter and I know that their opinions do matter, like other people's thoughts do matter, but it doesn't mean that you have to listen to them and actually take them. Um, it just means that they might be important for you to hear and not to act on. Um, but yeah, that's how I, I like to think of it, where the person who has the be- who is in the best position to make a decision based on the context of my life and who I think, uh, how I think and who I am and what I actually want is me. So I need to trust myself that if I'm making a decision, it's based on what is actually right for myself. And if you don't feel like you're making decisions that are right for yourself, then I think that speaks to kind of the relationship you have with your own self-esteem versus the relationship you have with other people and caring what they think about you. And that was something I learned traveling was how to trust myself, I think, how to trust my own 
ability to make a decision, like how to trust my own judgment of who I am and what I would want. And when I was my, at my unhappiest was when I was trusting other people's opinions and their shoulds, you should do this, you should do that. Mm-hmm. That's when I was at my unhappiest, when I actually listened to what I wanted to do and did it because I wanted to, not because I thought I should do it, then I was satisfied with what I was doing. I was content. And it seems so simple, but it's actually really hard to to get to the point of realizing that and to believe it. Because if you've in the past believed other people's opinions so much and ruined that trust with yourself, it's going to be really hard to trust yourself again. And do you found when you were listening to those opinions, were they people in your close circle or was it in that wider circle of not as close friends or family, for example? I think it's a wider circle for me personally because I, if I'm thinking about people's opinions, I'm not thinking about specific people's opinions. And this will differ for people because sometimes people will think about their mum has always had an issue with everything they do or you know their brother is way smarter than them and that's always been a, a like thing on their shoulder. For me, it's not specific things specific people it's the general opinion of people that Mm. this is what I should be doing or it's going to look like this for example something that has come is like an insecurity I think that's being brought out more and more recently is how I I chop and change jobs quite a bit like probably more than the average person has maybe standard Gen Z stuff but like you know quit accounting went to marketing left to Bali come back jumped into another marketing job and I think I always get worried that maybe people will think that I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm I'm just fucking floating through life with no intention but actually it's the complete opposite everything I've gone and done is with 100% authentic intention and like I know why I'm doing this and it makes sense at that particular time but I worry that people are going to look at that and think oh my god this girl's a mess but see I just from that I just experience and that you've followed your gut each time which means that you aren't if you're not happy with something you're not going to sit there and whinge and complain about it you're going to change it and make alterations within your life yeah and I suppose that's how I see it myself where I think all of that has been it's just strengthened my ability to trust my gut every time. And I don't know, there's a lot of things that tie into it. I guess I have a fear of wasting time and like I should I should be at this place. And maybe, you know, that comes back to an insecurity of I should be doing this, I should be doing that. And that's like more and more what I'm trying to reveal on myself is getting rid of that and seeing, basing my life off momentum, not achievements and that kind of thing. But I can definitely say that I trust myself a lot more to make those decisions on what it is and what it isn't now than I would have before and in, in using other people's context and, and life experience to make a decision about what I should and shouldn't be doing. Something I've found is that, yes, there is definitely a time and a place to listen to people's opinions, like your close friends and family, they know you best out of anyone else other than yourself, obviously. So when you are making big life changes, sometimes there is a point where you go to them for, hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing, what do you think, when you trust their opinion and take that on board, but then there's also a point where take that on board, but then ask yourself, okay, do I want to implement this? Were they right? Or actually, no, I, that my gut is telling me that's not the right thing. I'm actually going to go do what I'm wanting to do. Yeah, I think it's at the point of hearing it. Like, don't even take it on board. I would like, at the point of hearing it, you listen, mm. and then you think, am I going to take this on board? Yeah. Or am I going to keep it off board? 
because probably a lot of the time you'd rather keep it off board. But it doesn't mean you're not listening and hearing that person mm. because ultimately they're probably trying to tell you something out of they want to keep you safe or whatever. Um, and it's coming from a different perspective as well. Yeah. Like they'll be thinking about a completely different vision to what you might be thinking about and you might not even consider some possibilities that they might bring up no matter what the situation is. Yeah, Like for you, is it if you're thinking about what other people think, is it a wider circle or is it closer friends and family? Definitely a wider circle. Yeah, okay. The people that I'm not close to don't really know that well, which is actually ridiculous because it'll be people For that sure. I went to school with back in the day and yeah. you don't even know what they're doing these days. I guess maybe you think, I don't know if this is how you see it, but do we think that they're more likely to judge us than our closer friends and family? And that's the fear, is like the fear of being criticised over your decisions. But it also goes to... I don't actually care what they say. For sure, yeah. Like, if they're talking shit, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, go talk shit, you know? Like, all I care about is what... The only opinions I care the most of is my close friends and family. Yeah. And, I mean, it's all good feedback so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting... It's always an interesting chat, the whole caring about what people think thing. mm I think, again, it, yeah, you remove the noise and it becomes easier when you trust yourself because you kind of already have, like, you, that's what I think your gut feeling is. It's like this clarity. Mm. And so it's easier to remove the noise when you have the clarity because you have already sort of know what you want. Yeah, and it's like right now I've got such this clear vision of what I'm going after and I know what I need to do to get there and anything else is just noise and I'm just blanking blocking that all out and just not paying attention to any of it because I know what I'm working towards. Yeah, which must feel nice to have that clear goal. Yeah, finally. Mm. <laughs> Taken a long time to get there, but now I finally feel like I'm at a point where I know exactly, well, I've always known what I wanted the end goal to look at look like, but how I was going to get there has been such a question mark for five years now, and now I actually have an idea of what that step process looks like, which mm. feels very motivating yeah what helped bring that clarity challenges along the way I had multiple different detours I've been coming off this metaphor lately where you've coming you've got this end goal in mind you know where you want to get and you're going to have tests along the way different things that are going to veer you off track and sometimes these are going to be better opportunities for the short term that might present themselves like you know, you might get a job offer that's a really good salary, but and it's tempting to take those offers sometimes, but you've got to remember your end goal and think, okay, if I take this job, is that going to get me to my end goal? Probably for me, no. Mm. So I'm going to stick to this track and just keep going. Mm. So it's been those challenges that have really tested me and, yeah, gained a lot of clarity from that. Mm. So you would say having a why <laughs> is really important. Very important. <laughs> <laughs> remember why you're doing what you're doing and then from there you figure out how you're going to do that and what it looks like yeah it makes d- making decisions easier do you think heck yeah mm. yeah big time like if you know why you're doing what you're doing anything that comes along that is not aligned to that it's so easy just to say no thank you to that if it's aligned to why you're doing what you're doing then it's a yes mm. and you go along that track yeah yeah, I'd definitely say having a why is very crucial and something that I never realised was crucial until you came along. <laughs> <laughs> and Simon Sinek, love that boy. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just out here trying to 
be his little messenger <laughs> of New Zealand. Honestly, very influenced by mm. you from that. <laughs> You're his biggest fan. I, I'm i literally his biggest fan. Do you tag him and stuff? You need to start getting his attention on socials. No, I think if he ever acknowledged me, I would probably like faint and cry <laughs> and scream. Dying good heaven. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm interested to know what personal growth looks like to you now I mean you've obviously had these experiences that have helped you grow which probably it wasn't an intentional you know you didn't set out to do those things that you then that then contributed to your growth so now with looking at your intentional self-development what does that look like for you it's really interesting I was actually talking to a friend about this yesterday how her and I were both saying we've done so much personal growth you've had the challenges in life you've been tested all that and you've done all the personal development things, like reading books, listening to podcasts, everything <laughs> under the category of self-development. Yeah. And now it's kind of at a point where it's like, yes, I'm going to continue to absorb that here and there, but now it's time to implement all that mm. and go put all those lessons into what it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say now I'm not consuming as much. It's more time to take action and actually... Like, you can only consume so much to a point where you could keep consuming for the next five years, but have you made any changes? Yeah. So now it's at a point where I need to make changes and start implementing everything I've learned, which I think I have been doing along this journey, definitely. Like, as I've learned it, I've changed along the way. But now it's at a point where, yeah, just head down, focus. What are those, like, like... What are those foundations of your personal development that when you say, okay, now I need to action mm. this, that, and the other, like what are you actioning? I would say my biggest things are routine and habits. Okay. So for example, my routine, the morning routine is what sets up my day. So in the morning, well, actually no, the night before I will write, I've got a daily diary. Mm-hmm. Biggest thing, figuring out what works for me and how I plan ahead the night before, I will plan out what that day is going to look like. So that way, the morning, first thing, I don't have to think about what am I doing. I know what it is that I'm going to go do. And I write morning movement because it might not be that I listen to my body and go how I feel. So it might not be the gym that morning. It might be go for a walk or up the mount or something like that. Mm. Lucky to live at the mount. So yeah, morning movement, first thing, if it's sunny, gets sun changes my entire mood. And then I'll get ready for the day and then sit down at my laptop and I feel like I've won the morning. What's it saying? Win the morning, win the day? Yes. And that has been, like, I could not rave about that enough. Like, that is a big thing for me. So, yeah, routine and then habits. What you eat, well, for me personally, and I'd say for anyone, what you eat has such an influence over your energy and Mm. your performance, Mm. which for me is work and my mind clarity. If your mindset is not in the right place, then you can't work and create to your best potential. Yeah. Can you set the scene for us, set the vision of what you are trying to achieve with collectively and for yourself personally? Back in school, people say, what do you want to do when you're older? I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted my work to be online so that I could be anywhere in the world. And I had a taste of that last year, but it was a bit premature, so financially. Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) Don't we both? We were both there. <laughs> both there, like, in the, sitting in the pool with our coconuts, thinking, how the fuck are we going to pay for the next two weeks of Tax living? money. Yeah, yeah. When we're like, we had, well, I had another three months after my trip. You had another, what, month or so? Yeah. Or two months, maybe. I think I went on a one-way ticket, but I booked my flight home when I I calculated how much money I had to live off. Okay, that's smart. Like, 
I didn't do that. I was just like, oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know if that was much because that got me to zero dollars. Well, actually not quite, but you know. Yeah, but like at least, you know, you weren't in the negatives. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> We're really out here justifying. <laughs> but it gets like that when you're And you I know, wouldn't change it for the world. Like no. the lessons that come from it. And also we early twenties, you don't need Yeah. That that was the definition of one of those moments where it was like Money will return, but experience, you know what I mean? I think like, I said that on the daily. Time can be, no, what is it? Money can be returned, but time can't. Yeah, yeah. I think every everyone day. was in Bali was saying that. I think like every single person was just repeating that to themselves as they saw their bank balance going further and Which further is interesting down. because I think we all had that preconceived idea that everyone raves about Bali being so cheap, which, yeah, yeah sure it is for the lifestyle that you get. Yeah, definitely. But it was costing me more to live there than it did in New Zealand. It it was costing me less Auckland. for the most part, for Auckland, yeah, mm. for the most part. But you could definitely, it wasn't like significantly less though, but then you got more of a lifestyle, so I guess you could say it was it was definitely. Like yeah, and that's the thing, it was the lifestyle. I was saying this to my brother, I was like, I was spending more, but the lifestyle was it, and he was like, yeah, well, that's the thing is, yeah. it's a cheap lifestyle, like for what yeah. you're getting, yeah, like exactly. you're eating out. Every single I was day, getting three massages times a day. every second day. Oh, 10 o'clock at night walking home. <laughs> yeah, like it was just, yeah. The best. Yeah, anyway, the best. <laughs> reminiscing. Take, take us back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next year. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so anyway, I went away last year and a bit premature. I had my work online, but it wasn't a full time income. Mm. So now this year, my focus is to. Get back on track, get ahead again, full time income, and really just set myself up. And I'm really restructuring collectively, and there's a lot of pivotal changes that are happening at the moment mm. um, where the entire business structure of it is changing. And keeping in mind that everything I'm doing right now to pivot is to set up for the long term goal of for myself, having all my work online so I can be anywhere in the world, mm. which is the ultimate goal. One day I want to come back, have a creative studio, all that, which needs to be in person. But right now, I don't want to be here. So I'm trying to get myself set up to a position where I do have that full-time New Zealand currency income mm. to be anywhere. Yeah. So it's just a matter of going out and doing that now. <laughs> yeah, and you're like living the why of collectively in that way, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. And do you hope to continue to pursue that message through, I guess, the people you work with or the things that you do with collectively? Always. Like right now, my main source of income is through clients, mm -hmm. but that's just step one. Ultimately, I want to have this entire platform, whether that, I don't know what that looks like to this day. It could be an app. It could be events. Don't know what that will look like, but I want to have a greater reason for what I'm doing which is to inspire people to pursue their passions mm. and the reason the clients came first is because I want to use that money to go and fund the ultimate why yeah. and this is just one step to getting to that point I love Damn. that <laughs> that helped me realize that too yeah that's great that's awesome I think it's a great place to leave to leave today's episode because I love why you have why you started collectively I love the way that you're approaching everything think that you are an awesome human same to you think you're achieving big things I think you're always going to achieve big things and yeah I can't wait to see it all play it out 
play out. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm the biggest fan of One Up. I think <laughs> I've shared it for years on my story, been <laughs> raving about every episode. Everyone needs to listen to this. Yeah. No, so it's a pretty full circle moment to be here. Oh, no, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, happy to have you here. Thanks, Jess. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there.